Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. That's the baseball music, in case you hadn't uh, remembered that. Uh, we uh, have uh, extensive baseball coverage on our stations with the Astros and uh, 100.7 the score. And they'll be in action uh, tonight as they play in Cleveland against the Guardians, 540 the broadcast time. Rangers and the White Sox tonight from Arlington. Rangers got swept by the uh, Baltimore Orioles losing yesterday. So yesterday at this time, we talked about uh, Vin Scully, and uh, we talked about, you know, his passing of, of uh, at 94 and, and the fact that, you know, his – He's a guy that uh, is is revered by baseball announcers, and um, you know how would you pay tribute to him? And Jamie said that basically everybody in Major League Baseball should open up their broadcast like Vin Scully did, and make no mention of it. Just open up their broadcast like Vin Scully did. So I was listening to, I just happened to get in my car at the exact right time yesterday after lunch. And Eric Nadell here on Double T 97.3 said this. It's time for Rangers baseball and a very pleasant good afternoon to you wherever you may be. It's the Texas Rangers against the Baltimore Orioles today, the final game of a three-game series. Hello again, everybody. Eric Nadell with Matt Hicks and Jared Sandler, our engineer Ken Mendez. We've observed a moment of silence for the greatest baseball announcer who ever lived, Vin Scully, who passed away last night at the age of 94. And now we are ready for baseball. Game number 104 of the Rangers season coming up. So pull up a chair and we'll be right back. Perfect. Did awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Just, and you know, it's very, you know, not not to uh, pat ourselves on the back or anybody on the back, but it's very rare that we come up with something or you come up with something or Jeff, uh, and uh, and then all of a sudden that that's what happens. <laughs> it's not like, and again, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's not rocket science, but sometimes it just works out. And. Jamie, just for you, I uh, ran across this early, early this morning, and here's how the Yankee broadcast started yesterday. On a beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in New York City, it is time for Yankees baseball. As the Yes Network presents New York Yankees baseball. It's the New York Yankees against the Seattle Mariners in the rubber game of a three-game set from Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York. Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be, along with Paul O'Neill. I'm Michael Kay on a beautiful... There you go. Again, no mention, just subtle... Respect. Respect. For the way he handled yep. it, and that's cool. I mean, that's that's two guys I think highly of, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe they've shaped me a little bit. Yeah, no, and, I, and I'm not aware. I tried to see if there were any other broadcasters that that did that. I mean, it, it, I didn't go through all 32 teams, but I, I, when I ran across the Michael K one, I thought, oh, that's perfect. We have Eric Nadell already. I, mm-hmm. I saw saw that. I, I I heard it, and then uh, was was able to to uh, find it. I think somebody tweeted that out. Nadell might have, in fact, uh, tweeted that out, um, or somebody on on his behalf and just tagged him. But anyway, 
Perfect, perfect, perfect. And uh, I'm not aware of any coordinated effort amongst the broadcasters. I'm sure there's some kind of fraternity amongst some of them, you know. Uh, But all of them, you know, obviously, I mean, touched by, you know, Vin Scully in some former fashion and with interleague baseball. um, What you hope is that there were fans out there of the Rangers and of the Yankees that when they heard it, they understood what they did. That 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 was yeah, and I don't know that everyone would no, um, but, but those, but I'm I'm sure many did yes, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, those those that grew up listening to Vince Scully or had some kind of exposure to him, they they knew what that was. They mm-hmm. they they knew what that was, and th- and that's part of the to me the romance of baseball and baseball on the radio. Um, the connectivity, the one on one that the listener and the and the team or the announcer or the bond that, that takes place. And I don't care if it's major league or if it's high school or if it's college. Um, but it, it, as you kind of go through time, there's this inerrant bond, I think, that, that takes place. I mean, it's, you know, I, I was listening to one guy, read one guy this morning. It was like, you know, the sounds of my summer were Dave Niehaus, uh, Niehaus from uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, and and for me, you know that that that's certainly the case. The the sounds of my summer for many many years was Denny Matthews, and you know now the sounds of my summer are as a as an older guy is Eric Nadell, and uh, you know I think it, baseball is a, a sport that you can take with you virtually anywhere while you're mowing the yard, while you're just hanging out, while you're just driving around, and you just kind of to me it's uh, it's comfortable. It's comfortable, and, you, mm-hmm. and I like the pace of it, and uh, I like the just sometimes the, you know, you don't they don't have to fill every word, you know, or excuse me, every moment. Uh, you can kind of let it breathe a little bit, and Vince Scully was a master at that. Um, and so that's one of the things that last summer when I went to a Royals game that bothered me about going to the game because <clears throat> I haven't been to a Ranger game in a while. It's just like. I can remember going to games and just, you know, just enjoying the stillness of the stadium sometimes. But those days are gone. Um, It's like every moment of every second of every inning, uh, the game I went to last summer was like filled with something. It's like, you don't have to blare at me all night long. (laughs) Right? It's definitely different now. Yeah. But I can just remember just the kind of the enjoying the in-between innings, you know, when the guys would change the bases or the... You know, just you know, have a little organ music or something like that, as opposed to. And again, I'm in the promotion business where you've got to sell stuff, and I get it. Uh, the the cost of these teams, the cost of doing business, the players, the everything, and you've got to you've got to to monetize it and justify it as best you can. But it just it seems like that baseball to me was a you know for a sport that has no clock. Okay, mm-hmm. all of a sudden we've gotten one. Yeah, I think that's in all sports too. I think mm-hmm. you notice in. In basketball and NBA arena, it's never quiet. Um, I think I've, I felt like that even um, a little bit at, at some some tech basketball games this year. I think it's, it was more noticeable with a Lady Raider game mm-hmm. because of the smaller crowds than compared to a men's basketball game. But even at Lady Raider games, like every st- every dead ball, yeah, as they're taking the ball out of bounds or whatever, there's some little music clip sure. playing, okay, yeah. like at every one. And um, it, it, it doesn't bother me. It's just uh, it's just different than the way it used to be. There's not that time where there's it's quiet or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it's it seems more prevalent to me with um, with baseball just because I, 
you know, as a kid growing up, I went to way more base professional baseball games than I did uh, football games because even even back in the day, the the going to a Chiefs game was expensive. Going to a Royals game for years was a buck fifty to get in and a buck fifty to park. <laughs> Those things are you can't buy anything for. You can go to the bathroom for a dollar fifty now. I don't think they're charging yet, but you know some places do. Um, so anyway, that is just a just an aside. I will say this, you know, and I don't know how you are when you do a game, but like when I'm doing a game, doing a Lady Raider game, I hear nothing. I don't, I don't really hear anything. Um, I just, I'm just zoned in. I'm shockingly zoned in on what I'm watching the game. Um, I don't hear, I don't hear certain things, but I mean, I can hear annoying fans. Yeah, I, I, I can I, I, hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I Especially can, if somebody stands out. Yeah. Um, I I can hear if um, one particular dugout or whatever is super, super chirpy. The mic seemed to pick that up. Okay. Um, but I don't, but for whatever reason, I, I don't really notice that much the, the uh, walk-up songs for players. Okay. Which yeah. you would think I would know those by heart as right. many times as, sure. as, as players them. come mm-hmm. to the plate. Um, but I, I really don't. Um, so uh, it just I don't know, whatever specific things kind of stick out, and also it factors in. Okay, like I said, where's our crowd mic set up? Mm-hmm. And if our crowd mic's set up in a certain area, and somebody in that area never stops yapping, I'm gonna notice them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this. <clears throat> I can hear the "What are we doing?" guy. It's <laughs> a reference to me yesterday. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, somebody, <laughs> yes. somebody says this is a forty-year-old man that's fifteen plus pounds overweight. I take offense to that, Chuck. LOL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody wants to know if uh, Mrs. Hines went to the women behind the brand event last night. No, she did not. Uh, PJ says his wife had an absolute blast. Okay, good, good. I'd kind of forgotten about that, to be quite honest with you. Not that I was, you know, not that I was invited to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just. Was kind of off my radar. Are you saying you weren't invited to the women behind the brand, Chuck? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh, I, just, those, I just hadn't. Just what had, a treat was, that would have been for those young ladies. Oh yeah, they would have just absolutely loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. Today is the fourth of August, twenty twenty two. It's Thursday. Time for this day in sports history. Here is Jeff McGuire. Okay, start 19. What was, what, I'm what you... trying not to sneeze or oh. <laughs> get a sneeze in and it didn't come. So I'm kind of fighting at the moment. My apologies. <laughs> it looked a little weird from your your side. There's no yeah, doubt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1910, Major League Baseball pitching duel. Mm. How about this? Philadelphia A's Jack Combs and White Sox Ed Walsh pitch a nothing, nothing tie for 16 innings. Gosh. That would be every pitcher on both teams in today's game yes. and calling guys up for the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Mm. The hitter with runners in scoring position yeah. was, was not solid that day, Chuck. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, it was not. Or who knows? Maybe it was really good. I mean, they just, the outfielders, you know. Threw them out at the plate. Two out singles at the plate or, or with, uh, with guys at second base, and they threw them out at the plate every time. Who knows? 1936, American athlete Jesse Owens wins his second gold medal at the Berlin Olympics, beats German Luz Long in the long jump final with with, with an Olympic record. What was his name? 
Let's long. L-U-Z-L-O-N-G. Lutz, Lutz. Lutz, Lutz. Hey, hey. Potato, potato. 36 Nazi Germany. The Fuhrer was furious. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe he wouldn't pick all the fights. He wouldn't be so furious. Mm -hmm. 1941, Brooklyn Dodgers catcher Mickey Owens because the, becomes the first major league player to take three foul pop-ups in one inning. Oh. <laughs> in an 11-6 win against the New York Giants. Wow. I wonder how many times that's been done. 1953, New York Yankees Vic Rashi sets Major League Baseball record for a pitcher by driving in seven runs in a 15 to nothing win over Detroit. As a pitcher. As a pitcher. Mm -hmm. Had a good day at the plate and at the rubber. Wow. 1956, Lee Petty dismounts his car on lap 32. Waves the red flag to the field because of dusty conditions at the NASCAR Grand National at Tulsa, Oklahoma. The race is halted and never completed. Lee would be uh, Richard's daddy. Yes. Dusty conditions. Couldn't see the track. Yeah, you think that would be, you know, we they would accuse somebody of, or of that happening here in Lubbock, not in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 1984, American athlete Carl Lewis wins the 100 meter in 9.9 .9 seconds in Los Angeles. He hits his first of nine Olympic gold medals over three games. 1985, future Hall of Famer Rod Carew of the California Angels singles off of Minnesota's Frank Viola to collect his 3,000th career hit in an Angels 6-5 win. Frank Viola was just, man, he, was, he threw darts all the time. Really, really good pitcher. And Rod Carew was my favorite batting stance. No to doubt. Emulate as a kid. No, no doubt. Yeah. It was the best mm -hmm. one. That and he could favorite. hit out of bed, right? Probably going to get a hit today. He, no, he couldn't get a hit today. No major league team would want him. He's a singles machine. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah, nobody sorry. would want yeah, Rod Carew. No, you don't, you don't do it for us. Sorry about your Rod Carew. Yeah, you, you have no career. You have no value to anybody. All you do is get on base over and over again. That's. That's worthless. Um, I hope everybody can sense my sarcasm. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So 3,000 hits from Rod Carew. Also on this day, 1985, Tom Seaver of the Chicago White Sox gets mm. win number 300, beating the Yankees 4-1 to one at Yankee Stadium in front of 54,000 fans. I wonder how many of those 54,000 fans used to be Met fans. Mm, I've bet a lot. 1995, following a suspension from the league for substance abuse, former Mets outfielder Daryl Strawberry joins the New York Yankees and eventually would help the Bronx Bombers to win the World Series in 1996. Were you turned, into a, turned into a role player. Mm -hmm. um, but he was, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I... I was a fan, even though I was not a Mets fan. I mean, the the excitement that sure. Strawberry and Gooden brought to the mm -hmm. table in the late '80s for the Mets was fun, and they were fun players. And obviously, both of them had had you know careers that were you know affected terribly by you know their substance abuse problems. Mm -hmm. And at, at the time, it looked like Strawberry was the one that it affected the most, and 
as far as that he was in trouble with it and all that well it seemed like strawberry got himself together and i don't still to this day i don't know if gooden really has and both of them ended up going to new york and winning titles with the yankees but i mean i i just uh sad because they were so incredibly so, gifted yep. but mm-hmm. um i don't, I don't want to say you expect it but it would probably have taken a pretty special person uh, to be as talented as those guys were, as young as they were, given all that they were, and become darlings of New York mm-hmm. and not get themselves messed up. Yeah. You know? That's fair. And mm-hmm. it does maybe make you appreciate, because Derek Jeter was basically the same guy mm-hmm. at a young age in New York, becoming the darling. And he handled it pretty well. Yeah. And those two guys, and 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 Jeter had said in his doc that Strawberry would talk to him about those kind of things, like the mistakes that he made, you know, and that Strawberry was valuable to him sharing that information to Jeter. So, anyway, I feel like Strawberry got himself together and didn't help Jeter stay away from some of those traps because yeah. those guys want for nothing when they when they just when they have. Yeah. Fame and money and talent and New York. And New York, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, probably you could say the same thing if they were in L.A. Mm-hmm. Or any major. Yeah, maybe so. At that point. Maybe so. 2007. San Francisco slugger Barry Bonds homers off Clay Hensley in the second inning of a 3-2 loss in San Diego to tie Hank Aaron's 33-year-old Major League career home run mark of 755. Mm-hmm. It is National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Sign me up. Every single time. Yep. You know what was, uh, there's been some places that have done this. Uh, the, the ice cream sandwich was the other day. Mm-hmm. The chocolate chip cookie between. Every single time. With a scoop of ice cream in between it is pretty good. It's chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, chocolate chip cookies down on my list of ways. So. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. In a good way, so I, I uh, there would be others that I would, other flavors of cookie that I would prefer in that style. There is no version of a chocolate chip cookie or something involving a chocolate chip cookie that I am not a fan of. Yeah. Um. cookie sandwich in. <laughs> Bring them all. Chocolate chip brownie in. Yes. All of them. Happy birthday, former Red Raider baseball player, Jamadric Magruder, turning 31 today. Former President Barack Obama, 61. Billy Bob Thornton, 67. Jeff Gordon, 51. Roger Clements, 60. And B.J. Serhoff is 58. And we kind of hinted at this earlier this week. 1944. Anne Frank and her family are captured today. Mm. Something I didn't know. It was originally written in Dutch, which I did know. But in 1995, they did a restoration of it with the English translation, making the work nearly a third longer. So the book that I had to read growing up is different than the one that is available now. Hmm. And that is the Stan Sports History. All right, this Stan Sports History, 654 this morning. Uh, when you said Mickey Owen early on, you know, the guy that caught three foul balls. C. I'm sorry? C. Yes, C, okay. That's okay, Mickey Owen. That name was really familiar to me, and I, w- I went back and googled him, and I was right about it. He's the guy in the World Series in 1941 
on a ball that should have been strike three and it would have tied up the series with the Yankees and the Dodgers at two games apiece, dropped it. And what ensued was the Yankees rallied uh, to win seven to four. The Dodgers. What year? This is uh, 1941. Okay. Uh, the Yankees were leading, the Dodgers were leading four to three, two out, top of the ninth, three two count on Tommy Heinrich. Heinrich swung and missed, would have been the final out. Ball eludes Owen, goes to the backstop. Heinrich makes it to, to first safely, and the Yankees scored four runs. Uh, and win the game seven to four. So instead of the series being tied, the Yankees were up three games to one and won the World Series the next day. Hmm. The Dodgers would not win a World Series until 1955. Oh, yeah, dem bums. That's why. That, but Mickey Owen, who was thought as a tremendous defensive catcher, had his one little mess up. Well, the flaw yeah. was pretty big for him, yeah. right? and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. It is the Morning Drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank, Double T 97.3 studio. Our pleasure to have you with us. You can uh, join in the conversation on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Benchmark Hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. We'll have Astros baseball tonight on 100.7 The Score. They're in Cleveland to take on the Guardians, 540 the broadcast time. First pitch just after 6. And then the Rangers and the White Sox, first of 4 tonight. We'll have it for you on Double T 97.3. 630 the broadcast time, just after 7. Uh, first pitch with Eric Nadell and Matt Hicks. They'll play tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Today is uh, media day for the Texas Tech football team. Begins at 10 o'clock this morning with the quarterbacks all available. Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith, Baron Morton. Do you think, do you think they know who the starting quarterback is? Do you think they know who's one, two, and three going into camp? I would definitely like to think that all three of them feel like they have a shot to win it. That's what I, that's what I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to say no. Okay. I think I'm going to say no. Do you think they that they don't that they don't know? I I, I think that you know they may think well Ty, Tyler's got a great chance because he's mm-hmm. you know the other two Tyler's got a great chance because he. You know, as the veteran of the group, or they may think, well, Donovan was the starter at the end of the year, won the bowl right. game for mm-hmm. you, was, you know, won some big games, or, you know, showed a lot of promise. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, I think all three guys probably feel like they have a shot. Yeah, I mean, you... They might feel like, oh, I'm a little bit behind that guy, mm-hmm. but that's... That's what I wonder. Yeah, but they but they probably feel, still feel like they have a shot. That's what I wonder. I wonder, you know, when they're talking to their girlfriend or their dad or their mom or close confidant, you know, whomever that is, and they're like, "Okay, so what do you what do you think? Okay, practice starts tomorrow. What do you think? Do you think uh, do you think you're up on this guy or what's this guy got or what's this guy got? You know, because I think like what you just said, they'd probably say, "Well, Chuck, you know, he he was the starter last year and he got injured." Okay. Then Donovan comes in, you know, and he, he, you know, gets you a couple of big wins and, and certainly, you know, leads the way in the bowl game. 
And then probably Chuck and Smith would have to say, if they're talking to themselves going, well, that Baron Morton kid, man, he's got a strong arm. Sure, sure. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a strong arm. And then, you know, for, for Coach Kitley and, and Coach McGuire and, and, and the others that are involved in that decision in terms of who's going to be the guy. And so which, which guy leads us down the field? Which guy is the anointed leader by the team? Which guy gives us the best chance to win? And maybe that's the, maybe, maybe that question is the one they're trying to answer the most. Yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. You know, which, which guy gives us the best, best chance to win. And it might not be the guy that uh, maybe it is, but maybe it isn't the guy that it might not be the guy that moves us down the field the best because, but maybe that guy turns the ball over too many more times than the others. Mm-hmm. And so, when you're factoring all of that in and saying who gives us the best chance to win, you know, who doesn't put our defense in a bad spot, maybe it's a different guy than the one who's more <clears throat> dynamic and can make the biggest throws. Athletic and all those things. With, without question, Coach McGuire will be asked that question today. Uh, he's going to speak to the media at one thirty this afternoon. And probably without question, um, Zach Kitley is going to be asked that question uh, this afternoon at 2.15 when he addresses the media. And probably Tim DeRuiter, the defensive coordinator, is going to say, hey, of these quarterbacks out there, which one gives your defense the most problem? <laughs> right? Probably so. And they they all probably uh, are going to be uh, in lockstep on the same page. Right? Yeah, they all know what to expect. Him. All the media members know mm-hmm. somebody's got to ask the question. And all the media members also know what to expect in the response. For the but, most part, yeah, but but it's every, everybody has to do their their part. Yeah, even though we all know what we're where we're going to get to. Yeah, hey, which is them not announcing a starter today. No, I, I, yeah. I if you ask me if something if if something would shock me today, okay, just based on what Coach McGuire said last Thursday at lunch uh, to the sack attack crowd there for the Ronald McDonald House Charities, if if. The one thing that would shock me today is if um, Coach McGuire said so and so is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I'd be shocked by that. I would also, yeah, because I just don't think that's going to happen. Hey, I, I got a question for Jeff. So Uh-oh. the other day, Jeff and I were at the uh, Lady Raider uh, availability for Coach Gerlich. Yes, we were. And you know, aside from one other, we have a really really young media group right now i mean like these kids are babies <laughs> sure uh, i mean they ask great questions don't get me wrong but i just kind of looked around and went oh my god everybody's either everybody's gotten so young or i've gotten a little older and i'm thinking that everybody's really young don't look in the mirror chuck <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i was thinking about that oh a couple of years ago when it was not this current group that is in now, right. but the group before them. Mm-hmm. And it was all new then, and me and Don Williams yeah. at a track event. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm there now. <laughs> didn't realize I was there now. Yeah, right. Like, I didn't think I was, like, way over there either, mm-hmm. but I'm there now. Yeah. You know, we won't have uh, David Collier at uh, today's event to kind of... Yeah, Even not the group that. a little bit. Who? Right? right. David Collier, <laughs> right? The guy who sends you great memes. Yeah. Won't have him. Never heard of him. 
Uh, I'll be curious uh, to see if anything comes out from the uh, from the offensive group um, among those that are scheduled to appear today. Uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, curious because his, his health was in question going into last year's fall. You know, in terms of how much he would play the first couple of games. I don't think, I think there's. I've not heard of any concerns. Yeah, this I don't year. think there's any question about that. You know, um, and then you know what? Uh, how's Taj Brooks? You know, what, how's his? What's his feeling? You know, coming into the game. That's a, that'll be an interesting battle for snaps, right? And the ball. Sure. You sure. know, in terms of things that you're going to start looking for, or, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how this how's the season's going to break out. Yeah, that's. I mean, we've talked so much about the quarterback battle. Yeah. It feels like those those guys are going to be battling too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, it's obviously it's different with it's running different, back. Yeah. You, you you lose the job, and you still see, you might still see ten carries a game or sure. ten touches a game. Sure. You lose the quarterback job, and we may not see you for a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the the new kid on the block, uh, who's up for uh, you know the tight end award, is Baylor Cup. Mm-hmm. And you know you kind of hope that he can provide some leadership, experience, uh, all all those things. Um, Mason Tharp and his six nine stature will be there as well. And then a guy that, boy, he was heralded coming out of high school and uh, I think still has tons and tons of potential, but Loic Fonji, uh, I think is this this would be a year where they would really look, probably make, let's see him have a little bit of a breakout. Yeah, sure. Do you feel like he's underperformed so far? No, no, no. I just don't know that he's, they're just, I don't feel like he's been uh, made the presence maybe yet that you would like to see, but some of that's injury related, some of that's scheme related, some of that's. I just think there have been players in front of him. Players yeah. in front of him. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll get much more opportunity this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've not been disappointed. No, with, I'm not either. With I, just... I think, I mean, he's been a role player and he's played his role. He looks like a young receiver and who has talent to, that can be a guy that can kind of take it to the next level. That's really kind of what I'm talking about. See if you could accelerate that. You sure. know, this year, seven ten this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T ninety seven three. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three. And Jamie's question of the day is only known to him until now. Oh, right now, <laughs> right now. <laughs> All right. So yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, we talked a little bit about some different position groups and mm-hmm. talked about the fact that probably the guy that's the least talked about um right now that the best player on your team is austin mcnamara yeah okay mm-hmm. so I, I think we would all agree uh he's got the best chance to be i mean if you're talking first team all big 12 mm-hmm. or all american or anything like that he's, sure he's got the best chance so but let's leave him out of this because i mean no disrespect but it's a punter <laughs> and that's not exciting we'd like to see less of him we would we would definitely like to see less of mm-hmm. him um, put him on all the lists you want, but let's not have him on the field that much. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so no disrespect to, mm-hmm. to punters. Okay. But I want Chuck, Jeff, I, I want you to tell me at the end of this season who you think, and I'll let you give out a couple names, who you think we'll be talking about as the star. Who was the guy that was the star or guys mm. that were the stars of the 2022 Red Raider football season. Who do you think has that potential to turn into that guy that all the Red Raider fans are excited about? Well, I, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say defensively, I'm going to go with Coach McGuire's guy in Josiah Pierre because he was just so high on him 
uh, the other day uh, in terms of how he has transformed his body, how he is just, um, you know, ready to to literally hurt somebody and put put pressure on the offensive team, you know, fill up a gap, you know, hit the quarterback, all, 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 the, all those things. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say him, Josiah Pierre, for one. Jeff? I don't, I think quarterback is going to be an answer to this, but because I don't know who the quarterback is, it's hard for me to say which one. I think that's a very good point. Um, So could I default quarterback? Although I feel like that's cheating. Yeah, I just kind of took quarterback out of the mix because I kind of feel like that that's a given. Sir Roderick? I think he could have a really good year this year. I think both of your two backs really could. Um, in, in that regards, with regards to running the football, you've had some, those guys have been in the the program long enough that they've earned the respect of their, their teammates, and you would imagine the coaches as well to get some trust to get the, the, the ball moving forward and, mm-hmm. and adding to the passing attack, especially when you don't necessarily know who you're running your back, you know, who your quarterback is. Okay, I've got two names. I'll, I'll go one on each side of the football. I, I think Tyree Wilson um, is mm-hmm. a stud, and I think he's going to have a massive year. Uh, I, I, we saw great things from him last year. The one concern that I have is will, uh, you know, will, will offenses start, you know, keeping an extra guy, whether it be a back or, you know, will they just be doubling him up front this season? So he needs his his teammates to perform, so he's not facing you know, a double or a triple all the time. But I think Wilson is incredibly talented. Um, I think he's a huge factor for the Red Raiders. And I, I just, I think the personality is kind of fun as well from what we've seen from Tyree. And um, I think he's a beast. And I think he's going to have a, a really good season, be a huge factor for the Red Raiders. Offensively, I think Miles Price is going to be your <laughs> go-to funny. guy. Mm-hmm. And in um, Coach Kitley's offense, I, I mean, your number one receiver, I think, is is going to get a lot of touches. And Miles has got the potential to hurt teams in a bunch of different ways. So give me Miles Price on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a massive season. I, I I don't know if he'll be first team All Big Twelve, but uh, but you know that kind of we'll be talking about him that way. You said it better. Price was going to be the second guy that I listed as well, um, and I, I agree with what you said there about him. Okay. I th- and and with Jeff's point, I think he's exactly right. The quarterback's going to play a role. Just don't know which one it's going to be. Could be could be a couple of them. It could be. I don't anticipate this being a pot sticks situation. No. Though I, I think it's going to be even if you see two different starting quarterbacks this year, it will be a decision was made, and then that's the decision that was made. Does that make sense? It won't be going back and forth. I sure hope not. I think you're going to see, though, inside the 10-yard line, I think you're going to see some Donovan Smith. That doesn't mean he's a starting quarterback. No, it doesn't. But, I mean, that goes back to what you said about they're not going to be two different you know, two different guys. I don't, and think, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a pot stick situation I, either. I don't think you need to make that prediction. It's going to happen. I mean, Coach has yeah. said it. Yeah, he said it, right. He yeah. said it. I right, mean, but I'm just kind of following up on what he yeah. said about the – not going to be two different quarterbacks. You're going to have one. He's going to stick with it. Well, I think you are going to have two, but you're going to have one that's well, going to play ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I don't call that. You don't call that two. That's I don't call that two. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's uh, fair. What about JJ Sparkman? I could see him. Uh, he showed some flashes in the past that I, he, it's been fun to watch. It'd be interesting to see how this offense uses him in the future. 
I'm not saying he's going to be bigger than Miles with regards to how key your offense is, but he may benefit from the attention that Miles gets. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Raiders dad says, I think Kobe Miner's going to have a breakout season at defensive back. I mean, but <laughs> getting onto the field uh, with those defensive backs is, you know, if you have a lot of success, you got you got plenty of guys back there that um, are going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, I hope Adrian Fry has a big year. I hope Marquise Waters has a big year. Um, and, uh, you know, then you, you talk about a guy like Jalen Hutchings or even Krishan Merriweather. Um, you know, they want to hit the quarterback. They want, to, yes. they want to knock the quarterback down. And so if it helps, I want them to hit the quarterback, too. Like, just put yeah, me in that camp. Do. I'm, in, I, I'm a fan. I think we all do. And, and he certainly, Coach McGuire, is a guy that, you know, coached that side of the ball at Baylor. He understands the value of, of sacking the quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and, and keeping that guy from, uh, you know, having too much time to, to throw the football. So, uh, good question. Those, uh, if you have a thought on that, hit us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that. Uh, go to... Uh, the mobile app is presented by Happy State Bank. Uh, somebody says this. So who would be a surprise breakout name? My, my guess is Sparkman or Bradley. Yeah, Duran Bradley. Yeah, I've heard, heard a lot of talk about Bradley as a, as, as a wide receiver that takes a big step forward. Yeah. Sparkman's a good answer, too. And then the guy, that, the, the guy that's coming in, Baylor Cup. Maybe one of your highest ranked recruits. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming out of high school, he was very highly regarded. So, yeah, I, I think I, I think he's going to be the guy that we see taking the majority of the reps, the tight end position. There's been some talk of would at times he have two of them on the field at the same time. We'll we'll see, but I, I think Cup's going to be the guy. And um, but I think Mason Tharp provides something for you too. So you like the depth you have there. Absolutely. All right, seven thirty-eight this morning here. On the morning drive, Tech starts its uh, football practices tomorrow, and um, getting ready for the first game, which will be on Saturday, September the third. That'll be against Murray State. Red Raiders have won eighteen of their last nineteen openers, and that loss to Ole Miss, I think, is correct on that, right? Um, and then uh, the next, yeah, in Houston, in Houston, right? Yeah. Uh, the next week will be. Uh, We'll be Houston uh, here in here in town, and then on September the seventeenth, play at North Carolina State at uh, Cardi Carter Finley Stadium there in Raleigh. Um, would that be a place you'd like to go at some point in time? Not high on my list. Not high on your list. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, NC State in football. I don't think mm-hmm. of like oh, that's one of the great atmospheres in college football. Uh, is there a is there a place on your list uh, this year for going to see a road football game? Um, and not, it's not someplace new, but I I would like to attend the TCU game. Okay, I'd like to. You want to ride together for that? I would love to. It's my, I I think probably I should. You you realize who just asked you that question though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll take the lucky lady uh, to that game because that's our wedding anniversary and. Uh, on the day that we did get married, Texas Tech played at TCU. Oh, I believe. What a, what a coincidence. I believe, that, I believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. Well, I wouldn't want to get in the way of your wedding plans, so okay. I'll just go by myself. <laughs> You'll be better off for it, I'm, I would uh, I would imagine. Somebody says, don't forget about Mason Tharp and uh, Cup. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, I feel like I've talked enough about Mason Tharp that we need to see some more stuff on the field. I've been pretty glowing of him. Wouldn't you say? You have been very high on him. Yeah, yes. I'm high on I'm high on him, and I hope that he uh, can make an impact for us this year. All right, 740, Boom 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 is next. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Um, we had this conversation last week, and I just thought I'd, I've kind of had it on my list that I wanted to run by you, but since I got an kind of a follow-up to this i want to run this by it you know the big 12 is getting ready to go through some changes right with oklahoma and texas leaving i've heard there's okay. <laughs> some... it's gonna happen are right? they gonna add any new schools they're gonna add some new schools oh, they're gonna right. add four four, add, how, four of them they're gonna add any of them in florida are they all from texas no they got they're gonna add houston they're gonna add byu and then they're gonna add ucf and then they're gonna add cincinnati okay oh that's an in- okay. interesting group. is cincinnati anywhere near cincinnati it is okay and as far as I know, they have hotels there and hotels as well in Cincinnati. Anyway, my point to all this is, okay, we had this discussion about should the Big 12 have a new name? In other words, when you look at the Big 12 when it started in 1996, you've got Tech, you've got Oklahoma State, you've got Baylor, um, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State that are that are left. Okay? So... You've got a couple schools in Texas, one school in Oklahoma, two schools in Kansas, and one school in Iowa. Should they just say, when Oklahoma and Texas leave in two years, that's the end of the Big 12, those records are those records, much like they did with the Big 8, much like they did with the Southwest Conference when they merged to form the Big 12, and have a new name and start over with new records because you've got these new teams that are coming in. In terms of whether it's whether it's, you know, running records or passing records or, you know, track records or basketball records, just you have name the new conference, new conferences, X conference. Welcome to 2025. How do you feel about that? That's a very interesting question, Chuck Hines. Um, I wish I could take credit for the beginning of that conversation because really that credit is due to uh, Dickens and, and Gus on Tech Talk, but we we picked it up as well and had a little bit of a conversation there. I I don't feel like you have to change the name of the conference. Mm-hmm. So there, after we get all said and done, you're going to be back at how many teams? Twelve. Twelve. That's kind of my point. Okay, but there's they're completely different than when you had. Colorado and Missouri and Nebraska and Texas and Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Sure. Sure. It's a different... I get it. Different... Different Different group of teams. I just wondered if it was time just to reboot the whole doggone thing. I think I'm going to say no. Okay. I think I'm going to say stick with your records and stick with your conference name. Especially since you're going to end up with 12. Yeah. But I didn't have a problem with being called the Big 12 when you had 10. No, no, I didn't and, either. And I didn't I, either. Uh, you, for a while, you're going to have 14. And I think it was more. I don't think it was necessarily the number of teams that kind of drove me to think that maybe it would be a good idea to just change the name. It was more of just the number of teams that are that are changing. In other words, you don't really have the. You know, you you lost 
you know, you lost some firepower with losing Texas and Oklahoma and A&M and, you know, would it just be good just to start over? Kind of have just a, kind of like when somebody gets divorced, a lot of times when they get married again, they change the name. Well, I don't plan on changing my name when I get married again. I, I don't, I don't, I just don't think it's necessary. Okay. All right. I don't. What? What settles that? I just feel like it's the Big 12 Conference and it's uh, can stay the Big 12 Conference. And as long as it's the Big 12 Conference, you mm-hmm. don't wipe away the records. Okay. All right. You you disagree? No, I just I just kind of I, I thought it was an intriguing question. I thought it was I thought it was I thought it might be a fresh break. I thought it might be, you know, something, you know, new, different that might be. And then the other because the other conversation that we had as a, as so a piece. Can I ask you, do you want to do it? Yeah, there's a part of me that wants to do it. Just to, you know, just say this this is different than where you were 20 years ago when the, when you started this. This merger between the Big 8 and the, and the Southwest Conference. This is not it doesn't it doesn't resemble what it was. You know, because with with the Pac-12 and the ACC and and the SEC and and the Big 10 for that matter, they 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 have retained, well, and you can't say this about the Pac-12 anymore because they haven't with losing SC and UCLA. But let's say for the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten, they've retained the heritage, their 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 core, so to speak, right? Their charter members, so to speak. They haven't had defections. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't care. Okay, okay. I mean, again, there's no... Ma- maybe there is a wrong answer. I, I, no, I mean, I don't care that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. Mm-hmm. Oh, why, why would we give them... The satisfaction, the honor of like, well, everything changes when you're gone. We're gonna yeah. wipe the slate cl- clean. This is no, the fair. this is the Big Twelve minus Texas OU era now. Mm-hmm. No, we're still the Big Twelve. You have, you have, how many teams in the Big Twelve that have been there the whole time? You have K- Tech, U, and State, Tech and State, Baylor and both Baylor, Kansas and o- Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State and, and Iowa State. Yeah. Why? I mean, why are we bowing down to say, oh, every, I mean, life begins and ends with, with the Longhorns and the Sooners are here. I just, I just was just wondering if it was time just to start a new, tear down the house and build a new one. That that happens in in places. <laughs> sure. You know, they just. They some you know these cities close in you know people tear down whole neighborhoods and they they build a new build you know these mansions you know they buy two lots tear down a shanty and tear down the street and yeah, yeah. I guess I'm I'm of the belief that the, the conference is the Big Twelve and if we add two more from the Pac twelve or four more from the Pac twelve okay I I don't care we're still the big we're still the Big Twelve as far as that's who we are, and I mean the Big Ten doesn't have ten schools, and um, and that's all right. I'm fine with that, and we shouldn't start over with our records. Okay, it was really more. It was uh, again the conversation was not related to how many teams are in the conference, but rather I get, no, I get it. More, I, it was like re- a two part question yeah, you asked. More more related to just having yeah. having new teams into the conference and changing it. Um, the Pac-12 at one point in time was the Pac-8, and at one point in time was the Pac-6. So they they have kind of changed their name as the number of teams has come into existence. And look where they are now. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe let's not follow the outside, their example on, on the outside something. on the outside looking in. Okay. All right. So that's that solves that. Um, next thing that I saw. Um, 
in the overnight uh, was an article that um, Barry Trammell had written um, for the uh, Oklahoma Daily News. I think that's what they call that rag. Um, the Oklahoman, excuse me. He says, and he, he was basically reporting on a CBS report, and we've heard this, that the Big 12 and Notre Dame could be in cahoots with each other, uh, not in terms of Notre Dame joining the Big 12, but that the Big 12, in, in some aspects, would be a sidekick or a addition for Notre Dame football on NBC. Uh, Notre Dame, according to this article, wants $75 million a year for its television rights which is like six, seven games. Well, they're going to need some more games, right? Um, apparently, the Big Ten, with their new deal, they expect to get $90 million. Uh, the SEC, with their new deal, looks to get $100 million per team um, in 2025. And so the Big 12 is going to be looking for a partner. NBC might be looking for a partner because they want to have double headers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And some of those matchups in the Big 12 could be better matchups than against the Big Ten or against um, the SEC on on the big net on the big networks. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And so the content could be uh, pretty fruitful uh, for NBC. I mean, they've had a relationship with Notre Dame for thirty something years, but the Big Twelve needs a new partner, and it could be that they utilize NBC and maybe others uh, to help make up. Uh, a football package and that could turn out to be better financially for the Big 12 than what they maybe had anticipated after losing Oklahoma and Texas. Mm. Yeah, that would be... I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with changing networks. And and then what that what you might have is you might have some true you know, primetime games on a Saturday on NBC or you know, those early games as well that would be sandwiched in between in NBC. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T973.com.